Welcome into the I-80 Club Wednesday night in the club. In the club. He's Sorry, Jack. I'm Josh. It's a Wednesday. We're back after the off week. Thank God, Jack. I've, I very much missed the action. I missed talking with you. I missed, I missed football. I'm I excited football. for the football to be back this week, and I hope that we all are enjoying the final six games because the darkness of no football, it, it will be here before we know it. I was thinking about uh, that while I was walking my dog either yesterday or today, um, and cause I, was, I think I was listening to a podcast about Husker football and thinking about how you always remind us that the season is, like, dwindling already. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like this season feels like it's gone that fast. You don't think so? I don't feel like it's gone that like I'm. I just realized I was like, huh, we're only halfway done at this point. It feels like it's been a relatively long six weeks, and not even. I'm not even saying it's been like painful or bad or tiresome or anything like that. But I don't have that feeling that I sometimes do, where it's like slipping away from me so fast. I don't know why. I have no real reason for that. That's just my own my own sense of it, and I realize it's like other people might feel differently but yeah maybe Brady's right maybe once it gets cold it'll start to get depressing like I looked at my NFL like fantasy football line I was put my lineup in this week and I was like geez I got a million fantasy football games left this year (laughs) like the NFL season has got a long ways to go too so like that was kind of reassuring true I was glad no that's true I think for me um because you know I like and, and I, I guess I will officially say this, and I think I've mentioned this on the pod. I do think I like the NFL more than college now. I think I'm officially, I've officially reached that point. I'll, I apologize to all the college stands out there. Um, so, like the se- the NFL season still has many more, many more weeks, right? Yes. I mean, we're only through week six. There's still 12 weeks of the regular season. There are three weeks of playoffs, and then there's the Super Bowl. So, I mean, for all intents, we have 16 weeks of NFL action to go, but. Given given my job and that the majority of our discussion is about right. Nebraska, right. it does feel like more of a six week. Though, man, I, I and I guess this can go right into the conversation. I really think we're going to be talking about a bowl game. You know, I, I I really was ruminating on the Nebraska season throughout the uh, the the off week, and you know, like what's good, what's bad, seeing what's good and bad about the competition. Jack, I think that we're going to be talking about a. Uh, a Nebraska bull berth. And I, I'm kind of hoping that it's the one that I saw from uh, the athletic from Stuart Mandel and uh, Scott Docterman. They had Nebraska in the music city bowl against Missouri. And what? I was like, let's freaking okay. go, man. That's crazy. How fun would that be? Because I tweeted, I put a tweet out today with like every bowl projection I can, could find. And since I don't have a subscription to the athletic, I couldn't include that one, Sad. but that Sad. was the only one that had the music city bowl. They were, uh, several quick lane bowls uh, against MAC teams. There and that's were, Detroit, right? Yep. There were uh, a few Las Vegas bowls. There were a few okay. guaranteed rate bowls, which would be Phoenix. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think if there was one more. I can't Did you remember. tweet this? Yeah, I tweeted it this afternoon at about I uh, about maybe one thirty or so this afternoon. Oh, yep. Here it is. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. USA Today, Quick Lane versus Toledo. All right, like quick aside. I guess let's let's read through these because I have some takes. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, I'll read them all and then we can have some takes on them. So USA Today, Quick Lane, Toledo. 
ESPN, uh, one of the ESPNs, Quick Lane, Ohio, another ESPN, Pinstripe, Miami, Pinstripe Athlon. Is yeah. What is what is GR? What is GR? guaranteed rate? Guaranteed rate. I meant to guaranteed I, rate. I meant to uh, to uh, shorten the oh, subsequent the ones. One. Yeah, that's I messed Phoenix. that up. Okay, so that's Phoenix uh, uh, versus TCU. McMurphy, same bowl, T- or Kansas. Yahoo, same bowl, TCU. College Football News, Vegas versus UCLA. Oh, that sounds interesting. Uh, Detroit Free Press, which apparently does poll predictions for some reason. <laughs> I was desperate. Quickly, no, my, versus Miami of Ohio. And then 24-7 guaranteed rate versus BYU. I'll be honest. Okay, like, we all agree, getting to a bowl, massive. It'd, be, it'd do wonders for the program. How do we feel if it's... Detroit versus Toledo. Still like, better than nothing. That just that sounds really shitty. You're right. It's I, I mean, it's better than nothing, but it's the worst. It's yes. the worst bowl game. Yes. That sounds like hell. Probably probably ever, but I would still take it over now. It's Christmas morning and it's a sh- it's a shitty gift, but at least it's Christmas morning, right? Yeah, everyone knows GR is the acronym from guaranteed rate. <laughs> Dia. Yeah, my I, good no, point. Thank you, DW. It's my fault. Thank I you. meant Thank what you. I was trying to do was stay under the 140 and I tried to type the first listing of everyone out and then and then abbreviated after that when I was starting to cut it down. And then I realized I put GR and I didn't. Never mind. I never had one that was spelled yeah. out. Go to the next tweet, though. I say when and where everyone is, which is kind of interesting. Yes. Okay. So Vegas is Saturday, December 23rd at Be- 6.30 p.m. Before Christmas. Total, total good spot, right? Before Christmas. Dude, yeah. That's On awesome. Because, I mean, yeah, it's early. But we're all home, and and, and maybe weekend. you're even watching with family. I don't know if that's a yeah. good or a bad thing for people, no. but I I would enjoy that. And potential trip. Uh, I like Quick that Lane one. is trash. Quick Lane is Tuesday, trash. December twenty sixth. So it's Boxing Day at one o'clock in Detroit. Garbage. I mean, it would be kind of the day after Christmas is so depressing anyway. Uh, it would be that's okay. True. It'd be kind of cool to have that coming up the day after. I guess. Yes. All right. I guess anyway. so. Um, yeah. guaranteed rate Tuesday. December 26th, so it's the same, same day, day, but at 8 o'clock at night. Ooh, in eight Arizona. At night in, in Phoenix. Arizona. Yep. I want to go to Arizona. Uh, pinstripe, Thursday, December 28th at 1.15 in the oh, afternoon. Cute. So a little bit better, cute. but God, That's dude, it'll terrible. be so cold. That's terrible. Yeah. No. Uh, and then, Jack, the, the one that I... Um, the, the one that I saw, I went and looked it up. Yeah, Music City. That That's a Saturday. It's Saturday the 30th, and it's on ABC, and it's an afternoon game. I believe it's 1 o'clock Central. So yeah, That's like one of the big days Daddy for likes. Yeah, that's like a big... Yes. That's the one that yes. Iowa's been in. I think Iowa played Kentucky last year in that one, if I recall correctly. Was that yeah. the Music yeah. City last year? Right. Nashville. Nashville. I don't so know. That would be sweet. I wouldn't rule out... I wouldn't rule. I mean, I doubt this is going to happen, but I wouldn't rule out investigating a trip, even to to some of them, if the timing was right, if the date was right. Dang, dude, you just went right. to Italy, and now you're going to go to the Quick Lane Bowl. How are you able to afford such a thing? <laughs> well, that th- thankfully those Redway flights from Lincoln are very cheap. Oh wait, mm. never mind. I guess not. Uh, oh, cancel culture uh, has come for no, the flights. No, if we're in, if it were in Arizona, especially if we were in Arizona, although the day after Christmas is kind of hard. That's probably kind of hard. The Vegas one before, though, maybe, maybe I don't know. Yeah, how do you feel about that one? SoFi or or is that the whatever the new Vegas stadium is? Allegiant, whatever. I'd love to see that. That's where it is. It's in the Raiders Stadium. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Robbie says, "Let's take a trip to Nashville." Bruce says, "IED Club trip to a bowl game, rent a bus. Look at that. Are we doing a party, all of us together?" Although, also, hi Robbie, how are you? 
Uh, trip to Nashville. I'd do that too. I guess I never even considered that one until I read the athletic thing. Uh, m- but Missouri is like good though. So that would be, I don't want to yeah. lose to Missouri one last. Who time. would you rather play? I asked this to John earlier. Would you rather play Missouri in that bowl or Florida? Uh, Florida. Yeah. I mean, in ter- well, do you think they'd have a better in terms chance of to who win? They're going to win Florida in terms of nostalgia, Missouri slightly, but also Florida. Yeah. I was going to say, there's a little nostalgia with Florida, too. It'd be so fun to beat Grant Mertz, Grant Mertz one last time, though. It'd be Dude, great. he's playing well. What the hell's going on? I, know. I don't understand this. I know. It'd be great. That would uh, be fun. Dave Fight brings up a good point. He says, if all caps Nebraska qualifies for a bowl, the higher-tier bowls will trip over themselves to snag 6-6 six and six NU over an 8-14 because they know Husker fans have a ton of pent-up uh, energy for travel. Yeah. And the other reason Nebraska's in all of these, which I think I mentioned in that tweet, is because the Big Ten is going to be short. Is, it has a chance of being really short on their spots. Like they need Rutgers yes. to beat Indiana this week for that because they're at five. They'll be at that'll get them to six, but there's a good chance they won't win another game after that. If you look at their schedule, Minnesota's been problematic. Northwestern obviously is an issue. Michigan State's obviously an issue. Like there just aren't going to be as many bull teams as expected from the conference. And I did, yeah. by the way, I even did this today. I know, sicko. I did look at the APR, yeah. the APR. In oh, don't do Jack. Wins. Don't go down that. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. It's, go it's down not good. Though. It's not good. Uh, it's yeah. they're like 57 or 60. So it's not good. Yeah. Huh. As you, you say that DWS, Jack, yeah, is it did. too early to start five and seven like academic 57 or 60. It's not, doesn't look, doesn't look good. I know. I haven't ever gone to a bowl game either, which is what Ravi mentioned. I'm the same way. I kind of like, I'll I've been of, to one. I'll kind of push for it. If, if it's the right one with my family. Yeah. I don't know that it's really going to happen, but I'm going to at least... Quick Lane's not a far drive, Jack. It's like an eight-hour yeah, drive. that's the one I won't go to. And I don't really want to go to Pinstripe, although I guarantee you my there are people in my family who would love to be in New York City during the Christmas. I probably could sell that one as easy as any of them because they would really? want to be in New York City during Christmas time. God, that's so expensive, man. I know. Yeah, and it probably... That would, again, that the, in the real world, you're probably right. But I'm kind of talking a bit of a... Fantasy world right here at this point, just a yeah. aspirational situation. But yeah, isn't it? I mean, again, I know we are putting the cart ahead of the horse. Yes, I mean people told me that in the replies. I'm sure um, they've got to. They've still got to win three games. But Josh said it. Even Josh said it. Negative, negative. Josh, downer. Josh said realistic, realistic. Josh, we are going to be talking about bowl games at the end of the year. So good thing I started this off with that with the tweet today to set us up for that whole thing. Some of those matchups yeah. are fun. I don't know that I want to play UCLA in Vegas, though. Like uh, That sounds uh, awesome to me. That okay, sound they fun. played them in their last game, and they could play them in their first conference game next year. Yeah, I guess that's true. That's true. Yeah, they... It, okay, you know what? Now that they're going to be conference mates, it's not as cool as it was, you know, like a, a year ago when they weren't going to be conference mates. That's a fair point. That's yeah, a fair point. That's, I, that's I think playing less. an SEC team would be a whole lot more fun. Um you know, I, I think part of my issue is always like thinking about these and wins and losses. I'm just thinking about the coolness of seeing Nebraska, Missouri. I mean, imagine the columns from Chattel. Oh, he would be so excited to write about. This reminds me of the Skyriders well, tour. Playing, how about playing? Remember '78? How about Pinstripe Bowl against Miami? I don't want to. I don't want him to be in that game. But Miami, Jack, Nebraska, dude, Miami. You know you what? Throw out the records. 
Dude, if if they play them there, we can talk about the Gotham Bowl. Oh, I already Remember had someone mention it. Yep, somebody sent me a Gotham Bowl poster in the replies of that tweet. What? Yes. The Gotham Bowl back in 1962. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. That would so at least that would be interesting to talk about the Gotham Bowl. But yeah, I mean Missouri I think would be just the idea of the pinstripe bowl though is just that's one of my least favorite bowls. The weather is always it looks trash. Miserable. It, looks it looks like garbage. It just you doesn't know? look fun for anyone who's in it. No, that's the problem. Team or players or fans. Yeah, or you, you, but you turn on, uh, you know, uh, one of those random Tuesday night Arizona games, and that it looks at least looks fun for people. So yeah, yeah, it's it's fun to think about it. Get the win. Let's get a couple of these wins. Get the next two, and then we can really, I mean, really start thinking about. I mean, obviously the next three does it, but. If they get the next two, I'll feel pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good, Josh, about this whole thing. Now, we, of course, are doing the one, the very one thing that Matt Rule has asked this program not to do. The one thing that he, in fact, believes, Josh, has held this program back from where it should be over the past multiple years. Looking ahead. Looking ahead. Not focusing on what's in front of you, but looking ahead. Now he did not yeah. say did not say that we couldn't do it, you and me, but it was interesting, wasn't it? Yes, he. It, it made me wonder. It, so, and by the way, if you hear a squeak, it's my dog. He's hanging out with me in the office right now, so he's squeaking his toy behind me. Um, it makes me wonder, Jack, like where where this is coming from because he said he made he like implied that in in years past. The team was looking ahead, and that was a reason why they fell apart, right? I'm and so, so I can't wait to dive into this with you. I'm so okay. I haven't got to talk what, to anyone what, about this, Jack. Who who was looking ahead in a positive sense at any point over the last few years? Like, I'll be honest, I I, I don't understand how one could um, even like they were three and three each of the last two years. Now, Husker Husker Hus says Frost was Frost. Am I missing something? There has to be a story. There has to be a behind-the-scenes story that the players have relayed to him that we just have what? no idea about. Because when he said that the other day, John and I mentioned it a little on Monday, we were just trying to go through our head of, like, what was there to be excited that was when I was, for? That was the, the, when I was on the show. That was okay. during my segment. Okay. Yeah. Because the – so looking at last year, of course you were looking ahead because you were going to get a new coach yeah. at the end of the year. And and I assume yes. that's the year before, you were kind of looking ahead, but it was mainly about whether or not Frost was going to be fired or not. It wasn't about... Yes. I, I guess it depends where you start looking at it, but... Right? And so... And then that's... 20- I guess I assumed when he said it, he was saying that, that people were looking ahead in season. Because there was a... Uh, let's see. Husker Hus says, get your licks in this year, etc. So I guess if it was from that perspective, then I guess, yeah, this is kind of a direct shot at Frost. I figured... I guess the way that I tried to understand it was, you know, they they reached a point in the season where they were like counting wins, you know, they were counting games as wins when they shouldn't have. But maybe I'm so DW says, I think rules point is the program hasn't lived in the moment and it's lost focus. Yes, consequences. I, I think that is exactly right. And I think it's a smaller scale. I think he meant a smaller scale than we are thinking of. Even I think he meant okay. just day to day, week to week instead of looking ahead to something at the end of the year. I'm laughing at the picture of it's Jean, Jean. No, it's Jean Callahan. Jean Callahan. Jean Callahan. Yeah. I'm Jean Callahan. Uh-huh. No, uh, like, oui, oui. because, okay, let's, first of all, forget what rule said. We'll come back to that in a moment. We'll, we'll, we'll forget what rule said. Okay. 
If you had to diagnose, to the best of your ability, Nebraska's between-the-ears problems that kind of made several of the last, you know, eight, ten years, the end of the season just kind of crash and burn at the end, how would you best diagnose those if you can? Diagnose what? You broke up the, a little bit. Okay. If you had to if you had to identify what you think was the overriding, like diagnose the between the ears problems, the the mental problems that really plagued seasons as they went on over the last several years, how would you describe them? What do you think they are? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know if I've ever had to think about it from this perspective. Um, I would say something about the the tight moments of games was when they were at their weakest, where if they were, if they dealt with adversity, whether it was, you know, losing the lead at one point in time or, you know, a game getting away from that. I thought that they did a poor job often at handling those moments. Oscar for says overall fragility. Yeah. I think that that was probably, it's probably a really good way to describe it. Handling fragility or hand- handling those tough moments. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. The, the only way I totally agree, by the way, I, I mean, I agree. I would describe it probably very similarly. Um, and then just getting in the mode of here we go again when something bad happens and not being able to yes. not being able to have any confidence you're ever able to overcome adversity um, and that it's just going to come no matter what. I, I don't know. Like, I think that's I don't know if that's specifically what rule was alluding to when he said looking ahead, but. I think he realizes that's the problem too. And I don't know if it's looking ahead as much as, you know, I always thought there was a thing too, where right away, you know, you would get when I always thought when it, when I think frost, I think especially, but others started to get too worried about what people were, I I could kind of see they were starting to imagine what people were going to say about them after the game, even. And there was a bit of looking ahead about that, just anticipating the reaction to what they were about to do. And so maybe that ties the two things together. Maybe it doesn't very well at all. But I also think Rule has talked a lot about what you just alluded to, too, specifically. How many times have we heard him say either at, you know, at one of the press availabilities or one of the videos of him before the game saying, hey, you know, when you're down, 21 to zero, you're going to fight, right? You're going to do all these things. You're going to fight. You're going to stay in the moment. It's zero to zero at all times. I feel like Josh, my, my greater point in this whole thing, rather than identifying if he's correctly identified the problem or not, I think it is really fascinating that despite sometimes him kind of saying, I'm not going to go back. I wasn't here in the past. We're not going to relive, you know, all the things in the past. He has done a deep ass dive into the, mental situation of this team in the past. And he has declared war on whatever the problem was. Now, I don't know if he'll be successful or not, but he has, I mean, I am more sure than ever. He has said this place has systemic mental problems. I hate to use where the mental problems because it sounds like mental illness. That's not what I I mean, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, But he has Josh. I am convinced he is doing a deep audit of the between the ears situation of this team and why it's been problematic. And every single thing he says is working on that. And for the love of criminy, I hope it works because it has been a huge problem. It absolutely has. And if he pulls this off from the mental end of things, that is going to be incredible because it ha- nobody's been able to do it for a long time. 
but he is giving that. So here's my question: Do you do you think he expected to have to do this this season? That's a great question. Like to this degree? It's a great question. I don't. My gut reaction. I don't. The answer is I don't know, Josh. Yeah. But I think he probably got here, and people who were close, whether it be the players, whether it be Trev, whether it be whomever he talked to, they all said to him, "I'm sure." The same things we just said about the last few years, don't you think? Yeah, they. Yeah. Well, he had to get that from everyone, don't you think? Who had who had been? Oh here. yeah, and so maybe that became apparent to especially him. Trev, especially Trev, especially Trev gave Trev. him a heads up. Trev knew we, we like like we delved into to enough of the Trev inside info over the over the last year or so, and in, in whether it was in some of the chat channels or on some of the pods. Um, Trev knew how big of a disaster it was. Trev has played very, very nice. Yes. Uh, Matt Rule has played very, very nice with the the Scott Frost era. Um, but he, so he knew. I think he knew about the disorganization. Right. I think that he knew. I think he knew about that um, because you know Husker for MU a few seconds ago says I'm sure he knew after the spring. There's a part of me that still thinks that he didn't know how bad the psyche was, the belief in themselves was until after Minnesota and then Colorado. I, I And I said this on the show, I think I said it to Schaefer today, and I wonder, Jack, if you have noticed this too, because now, first of all, the Matt Rule Monday press conference has suddenly become like must-watch for like, fun reasons and not like awkward reasons. It's just like, <laughs> what's his point going to be today? What's he going to be diving what's into he trying today? to get but, out to the team? Yeah. Yes. What's his message for the first time, man, it, since I've been covering the team, Nebraska has a coach who speaks to his team through the media. Hell, he has acknowledged that he does. It's, it's yeah. a breath of fresh air, but, um, I want people to go back and watch his press conference. And I need to do this myself. I, I've not done this yet, but after the Colorado game that Monday, he sounded very not beaten down. That's too harsh, but more like, God, what the hell is happening with this group? And I think this week he was confident, man. I, I think that he believes that they're going to go to a bowl game. I viewed, I viewed this as another, he, Jack, he essentially kind of did the thing he did before Illinois when he said like, well, you're going to know who we are after this game. Like he's, he's, he's yeah. saying like, let's do it again. Let's go out and prove ourselves again. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Um, what, uh, to your point on the timing, I will say this though. I remember right before the Minnesota game, he, I think it was the, maybe the Monday of game week before Minnesota. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember very clearly he had that, that he, he said he was almost talking about like, I don't remember if he said, I don't necessarily love, Oh, there was a question about you want, how important is it to start strong? And his answer was, I don't care about starting strong. I don't care at all about starting strong. Yes, yes. I want to see how they respond if they take the opening kickback, essentially, right? That was yeah. that was the first time I started to hear him, I think, working that specific angle. That going back and doing the exorcism on the between-the-ears problems of the past. That was the first sense of it that I ever got, at least. It could have been happening earlier. It could have really happened later. But that was the first time. And so, to answer your question... That's the best I can tell. I, I don't remember hearing stuff like that before, but that was the first time I really heard that, and that stayed consistent during the season for the most part. Something yeah. akin to that. Yeah, yeah. This so, is so interesting. I, I just it's so interesting. To it me. He, it like, is man. He's like in, in, lobotomizing I, this program right now. Yeah, yeah. He is, and and I I think too you've you've heard him. 
you've heard him mention it a couple of times. Um, and first of all, I love how he always kind of couches stuff. Like sometimes I, I want to be like, Matt, you don't have to like <laughs> say you're excited for road games and then also add, but I love my home fans. Like he does that every time. It's what? like, he really wants everyone to know that he like, he cares about them. And so like, there was one moment on Monday where he said like, essentially we're going to be good someday and we're going to have a game where we only rush for a hundred yards. And the implication was because we're going to throw the ball on the team and we're going to just kill them through the air. But he was like, we're going to be good someday, but maybe we are, but we're going to be good. We're going to, you know, we're going to have this thing rolling. And and in the past we have heard coaches, of course, and, and Frost being the key example, like, you know, we're going to get this thing rolling. Eventually Mike Riley caught some heat. Um, like we just need our players in here. We need better players in here. Matt rule, I think is really interesting because he, he is certainly thinking big picture. Um, but he also does want us to like live in the present. And, and he's, he has done that a couple times. Like there will be a day where we're not going to have to win a game where, you know, we get in the red zone five times and, and score a field goal or whatever it was against Illinois. Like he, he truly believes that, but he also wants everyone to know, like, but I also believe in these guys, you know, like I believe in this group of players, even if it doesn't right. look no. exactly as everyone would was like it, it you to. That I was talking to somebody about it. He's like the amount of disclaimers that he has in his speeches, right? Well, oh where he'll gosh. start to go down route and then he'll go, yeah, but just to be clear, I'm not doing this, but then we'll go down. But I am, I think I was talking about to suits and Mike and Caleb about it on my tailgate show. His it, there's, it's so funny how far he'll say something and then he'll be thinking, he's like, but I don't want people to interpret that that way. So I need to clarify that. Yes. And then that sometimes gets him yes. on another tangent. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. But no, but by far, by far to me, the most fascinating thing right now is him taking head on, head on the problems that we have all seen that are not X's and O's, that are all mental problems. And just the, whether or not what he's going to do is actually going to work. I mean, God, have you watched have you watched the YouTube series? Uh, the the most no, one. I have not. I I honestly have been so busy, I have not had a chance to. So you you haven't seen either of the in season ones. He no. is, I mean, Josh. It is like it, it it his constant. He's like a freaking psychologist with this thing. He is constant, and I know a lot of coaches are, but not to the degree. He is relentless in trying to get a hold of their thoughts get a hold of their just mentality with this whole thing. I mean, every damn thing he says, everything he does. And I don't know if it's going to work for sure or not, but it's really interesting because I don't know how much attention has been paid to that very well over the last several years. Yeah. Well, there was, there was a comment a couple of seconds ago from my formation. Frost statements of getting it going seemed like platitudes compared to rule specific plan. And I do, I, I hear that too. And I don't, I don't mean to make this just a bash, bash frost session, but there was like always this, this thing with him that, that I know annoyed me was like this belief of we're going to get it going because like we deserve to get it going, you know, that like it, it's going to happen because it should happen to us, but there was never a, okay, but why, you know, with rule, it it's like, a, there's a why to it. There's, well, we're going to get it going because of X, Y, yes. and Z. Yeah. And we're going to be better, and we're going to plan this way, and we're going to execute this way, and we're going to... I mean, obviously, there there's a belief in that we're going to have players, and we're going to develop them. I mean, how about two, Jack? One of the things that he talked about on Monday um, was players wanting to come back for another year. You know, was he mentioned Ramir Johnson? Who else did he mention? Um, uh, Washington. But, like, Washington, yeah. And so it's like, th that's... I mean, that's the type of stuff that, 
you know, in terms of buy-in, that that's like how you that's that's putting your money where your mouth is. If you have these guys that have a been there a while, first of all, and b have gone through a lot of stuff, injury. I mean, be easy at this point, right? To say like, yeah, I, I've I've put in all this work. I, I don't need to play anymore. I don't need to come back. Like that they want to come back. That they want to be a part of it. Um, yeah, Bruce asked, could Marcus Washington even come back if he wanted to? I don't think so. I mean, it seems like he would have used up all of his eligibility at this point in time. No, uh, he's got, like, he I thought that that, that was, that was telling. Yeah. Is yeah, he? I think so. Gosh, COVID well, I, eligibility, man. I, I, when I, I did that chart on the chat the other day, I think I listed him as he could come back if he wanted to. I can't remember for sure, but yeah, there you go. Oh yeah. Mark linked the first two. So there's one episode. This is like an hour and it starts at the closing seconds of the Colorado game. Um, and then mm-hmm. it takes you through the two non the other two non conference games they win in like the whole two weeks, and then they have the next one starts at right after they lost to Michigan and takes you through the week up to Illinois, including the famous Sunday night practice, which they have video mm-hmm. of and everything. So like it is you are going to be so fascinated with, I mean it already is, but you'll be as fascinated as I am. I think if you watch those with. The mind game. I, I say mind games like it's negative. I don't mean that, but with what yeah. Rule is trying to do psychologically with this team, and I, and whether or not it'll actually work. So, yeah. Dave says. Uh, by the way, I just looked it up. This is Washington's year five. What? Now, one of those what? years doesn't count because of COVID. Um, ESPN lists him as a senior. Okay, then that was my. So, well, somebody should tell Rule because he said Washington was. Well, I mean, Jack. Part of it. Part of it probably is. You know, one of those years is COVID, so that doesn't count. Um, one, one no, he's listed a as a senior shirt. on Huskers.com, too. One could have been yeah, there. Yeah, but he's shirt. listed as a senior. Huh. Yeah. All right. Um, either way, what do you think of this from Dave? Do we care that the guy who said he didn't want a camera crew following him around is the star of a multi-part documentary series? And he adds, because A, I'm not a fan of hypocrisy, but B, these videos are so good. So did, when did he say that? I, I just, I'm not saying he didn't. I don't He said it that. about Dion, if I remember right, at some point in the off season. Really? He said something like, we're not going to have a camera for crew following us around. So that's funny, because John and I talked about this on my show on Wednesday. We were like, we were talking about this, this documentary thing, and we were like, do you think is rule the one completely green lighting this and making it happen? And John was like, yes. absolutely. hundred percent. So it seems like you think so too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I've heard, I've heard that he has his hands in everything. And one of the, the issues of him in Carolina was that he cared way too much about this type of stuff. You know, like with an NFL franchise, you should not be caring about like the social media type things mm-hmm. to that degree. And he was, um, it's more of a college thing. So, yeah, I would be stunned. I would be blown away if, so he, if he didn't have yeah. final say over this stuff. Yeah, yeah, I thought so, too. So, <laughs> yeah, the, it, he was. If he said, I'm not the guy who's going to have a camera crew following me around, he definitely is with this thing. But holy crap, it is. It's so interesting. It's so interesting. I'm just telling you, put yeah. an hour and a half aside and watch watch all of it. Um, it's, pre- it's all pretty good. And. And may, but the the most interesting thing of it all is just watching him try and control, you know, control the way that they're thinking and channel it in a positive way and hammer home. It's always zero to zero. We're never looking ahead. We're thinking about that moment, that play, all of the time. Everything goes to that constantly. And this thing about that Sunday night practice guy that has become. Like a like a complete legend. legend in the way that they talk to this team, they had that Sunday night practice. Whatever happened there, I mean, I don't even know why it was so great. To be honest, they just whatever, but it was great. 
It was great. You well, I think it's that they put themselves through the ringer 24 hours after yes. putting themselves through but the ringer. But it looked like it Michigan. was fun, too, kind of. Like, it was really competitive. Like, they even showed a little thing, like a little fight almost broke out during it between the offense and the defense. And he refers back to that Sunday practice, like, and all of the coaches do, like, over and over and over and over again during that entire week. Um, and he gives the speech, yes, post-practice, too, as well. So... I don't know. It, it's and did the video? Did it have the like? If you die, you die. Did it? Was that in there as that well? That was a, the speech before the Northern Illinois game or Louisiana Tech game. One of those two. Which okay. We were talking on the chat today. I was like, I don't even know if I completely get that, but it sounded cool. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was cool. Northern, I, I thought uh, yeah. that that he he is very he is very good at speaking. You know, not to do the whole pastor's kid thing, but he is very good. He is really good at doing that type of stuff. Yeah. You know. And He's then before really the Illinois game, he talks about, he said, I have a, he told a story about how he has a, he talks to his dad on the phone before every game and has a, a prayer. And he said his dad prayed something that this team would pray or would play like they're not on a leash. And then he said, that's the same thing that the strength coach said before the game, play like you're not on a leash. And he was like, he couldn't believe the coincidence. And so it became this thing of not being on a leash, whatever that means. Exactly. Like, I don't even know what all this stuff means, but if it's working, awesome. I mean, I think that the the die, if you die, you die. I definitely think that's a, you know, leave, leave it all out on the field. You know, leave, just leave it all out on the field and don't worry about what's going to happen. Um, put everything you have into this football game because obviously they're not going to, you know. And I, a lot of people are making the comparisons of, you know, no fear of failure. I think that that is his way of saying, and I don't know if he, though he probably does know that that was Frost phrase, but I, I think that that's just his way of saying like, hey, let's go out yeah. here and leave Leave every ounce of whatever that we have on. Don't leave with regrets. Is right. is kind of a you're, and you're way also you sort of cosplay the drama. You're cosplaying of a of a war or something, which makes it sound cool too. That goes along with it as well. Yeah, but yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That I mean, just that's typical football. Yeah. No, it's it's um, it's interesting. We and it, it, it even okay. It takes me back again. It takes me back again to when we were talking about who we wanted to be the coach. Right. And one of the things I mm -hmm. remember talking to you about, Josh, about this time last year was how important is it to be able to truly find somebody in this day and age who's going to be able to motivate, who's going to know how to talk to and how to motivate people of this generation right now. And it's not, you know, that that may not be the same thing that the fan base in general really wants. Right. And yeah. at the time, one of the example I heard, you know, I, I remember hearing a podcast that the World Herald did at the time, and they were still talking about Matt Campbell um, during that time and how he had he was particularly good at that. But that meant some things like that you have to give up. It means that you've got to give up on some of the things that you're used to. It means that you've you've got to you may not you may not have the traditionalism or all these other things. And I don't know how that's all coming to fruition or hasn't. But I thought right back to that too, and like. Man, maybe this guy is. I mean, maybe this guy is even more of a a wizard. We're gonna see if he is or not. Just in that motivational part of it, and specifically knowing how to motivate college kids right now in 2023. We'll see. Yeah. We will see. It's well, interesting, Jack. Along those lines, like there is, there's a very real world again. Like as we all put the cart before the horse, um, they win this Saturday, right? They're four and three, so they're on a two game winning streak again for the second time this season. There's the very real world where they win the next week. And they're suddenly on a three-game winning streak, and they're up to five wins, and they are one game away from bowl eligibility for the first time 
in tw- since you know since 2016, and how he coaches that. Oh yeah, that will also be something. You know, like and and look, there's also a world where they lose the next two, and suddenly they're three and five, and he's got to coach them a different way. Yeah. Like whatever it is, or they're four and four. Like how how does he handle? Success? How does he handle a one and one? How does he handle an zero and two? There's a there's a world where all those records are on the table. Um, I'm I would be so curious to see if if they get to five and three, what what he is saying to them because I mean I think one of the big issues and and this is not an original thought or this is not a new thought certainly is that that this program has really been missing is that they never have had a chance to really believe that things were working in the right direction. Like not to do the whole, what happens if they play the Akron game? Cause I think Frost had a lot of systemic issues that were going to be there regardless. But if that program ever gets a chance to believe in itself, if they beat Colorado that year, if they beat Colorado the next year, you know, if they beat Michigan a couple years ago, like, is there a world where that, that would have put them over the top Prop, over the top, I guess you can define it one way or the other. If, if they needed a win to feel better about themselves, they are as mentally weak as we thought that they were. But I do think that they were and are. Yeah, and so they if they could if they <laughs> could get a win, if Jack, if they win this week, if they win next week, and suddenly it's like, guys, like what I have been telling you is true. It you see, look, proof of yes. concept. Like, what would that mean for the rest of the season and then moving forward? What, yeah, whatever. If, if this is an indictment on the past, current or past, whatever, fine. But I can't imagine not ever having a three-game winning streak uh, has has been something that's absolutely impacted them. It's absolutely. There's ju- they have not experienced sustained success. How do you go in with a good mental attitude when you've never experienced any level of, and I'm not talking sustained success like Georgia over five years. I'm talking over a three quarters of a month at this point. Nobody's done yeah. it. Nobody's experienced that. Nobody's won every game in a month. And so, yeah, I don't, I mean, there's a little bit of it even just now winning this last Illinois game like they did. That's come, that. That's a little bit of a situation where I think they've got momentum that they haven't had after a game for a long time because of that. Um, so, yeah, I'm I, I'm fascinated what's gonna ha- what we're gonna see if we are going to. I guess what I'm fascinated with Josh is if it is successful, if things do go well over the next three games, if we're gonna say, yeah, this this really does look like a different team mentally. Um, that's what's interesting to me. I, I don't know if you will. I don't know if you'll be able to feel it. I don't know if that's yeah. And like, how does that show itself? Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And maybe it, the the way that it really needs to show itself. It, well, you know, I mean, to some degree, they kept having turnovers late into that Illinois game, and that thing that thing probably could have tightened up. Even though it probably should have been forty one to seven, also could have tightened up, and it never really did. Too. I'm not sure if that's it or not. I don't know. And maybe it's got to be a bigger game than one of those those these next three, um, because there is a scenario where they end up being favored in all three of them, probably, with everything that's yeah. going on with these other teams they're facing. I'm not sure what the Purdue line will be, but by the way, I, was I think th- I think they'll be a short favorite, probably because it's a home game. Because they both are, you know, they both had a whole yeah. host of issues this year. Yeah, so I would probably. guess that. And then if Michigan State has got another two bad losses, I just think people are going to yeah. start. Thinking, oh man, they've they've packed it in, packed it in. It's easy to check out if you're a Michigan State player and, and look Ooh. ahead to next season at, at a yeah. certain point. It's yeah. very, I mean, it, it's been easy to check out since 
basically the beginning of the season when they fired their coach, um, you know, when they, uh, when they decided to move on from him. So it, it would be easy for that. Yeah, yeah. Like the world then that, where they're entering the last three, I mean, <laughs> dude, Maryland suddenly they, they don't look as strong as we thought they were even two weeks ago ahead of the Ohio state game. So like, that's pretty wild. Um, Wisconsin is Wisconsin. And, and like, I, yeah, I know, have, I know what happened on Saturday. Yeah. They, they don't have their quarterback. They may not anymore. have their quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's great. They don't have their, yeah. their Malusi look, but it is, a t- it is tough just given it's at, it might be at night and it's in it's at camp ramble Randall. Um, the Iowa game, man, like you want to talk about one that could have just a lot of good vibes. Like Jack, there's a world where Nebraska wins the Iowa game. And we are suddenly and like, I know I'm going to make this joke. If they do, we're suddenly looking back on the last decade and saying, congrats, Iowa, you beat Mike Riley and Scott Frost. But when you don't get to play those coaches, you lose to Nebraska. Opalini only lost to him once. Mickey Joseph beat him last year. Like I, 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 I wonder what happens if like Nebraska picks up another win against them. Uh, and, and Husker frame used to how in the blue hell will we score on Iowa? It's that game is going to be so ugly. Um, it's going to come down to like Nebraska is going to have to take care of the ball and they're going to have to get turnovers. Um, Which but is like, the same thing I was saying uh, too, by the way. I mean, it's yes. Like, oh, hundred percent. The issue with the Iowa game is that Iowa is not just good on defense or special teams. It's that they're also opportunistic and that yeah. they, they don't just take the ball away, but good they point. score. Good and point. so Nebraska is going to have to do a great job right. at not allowing that. That's to probably the bigger, the bigger issue, but hopefully Nebraska will start to feel like Nebraska is that way too here over the course of yeah. Over the course of the next few yeah. weeks, yeah, you'd be able to say it. that's funny, that's hilarious. You can say that about Iowa and you, Iowa, and you could also throw in you've also lost to Fred Hoiberg three times in a row too. If, but who's counting? Beam, boom, roasted. Yeah, good yeah. point. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of Iowa, is that the thing you you texted me? You said you had something you wanted to say about Iowa. Was that it? Oh yeah. Um. So I am I am a little annoyed, and and I I don't want this to also turn into like the discourse that showed up about the Illinois game as well. But like. I've gotten very tired of like this almost apology that we have been hearing from people, my co-host included on my radio show about Iowa and how just, you know, they're winning games because like there's this like uh, people are offended when I say or when you say when anyone says their games are ugly, their games are garbage. I don't want to watch their games. Well, yeah, but they keep winning. Simple wrote about it. John was getting mad about it on yesterday's show. I'm sure that there are many people around the country. Olds. I'm talking about the olds who are like, give them their credit. Congrats, Iowa. You're you're six and one, but you are also an embarrassment because of your nepotism with your offensive coordinator and your offense is garbage. I do not. I And maybe look, maybe this says something about me. I am I am glass half empty with them. I am with Adam. They could be so much better, though. They have one of the best defenses in the country. They have one of the best special teams in the country. They always have one of the best defenses and special teams in the country. They do not care about winning championships, and that is an absolute joke. So I'm just I'm getting tired of people giving them their flowers and having to apologize because well, you don't like them because they don't play in games where they score in the 30s. No, it's because they're a joke of a program because they're putting up with this garbage. And the only reason they're having success is because they're in the Big Ten West Conference. Congrats on going 6-1 and one with this trash heap. You should not be celebrated for doing so. You are bad. Well, okay. I'll put on top of that is like where what what victory? I guess Wisconsin is their best win, right? Iowa State. I guess they did beat Iowa State. Who's looking yes. better now? But that that also factors. Yeah, one into of those this. two. 
that probably Wisconsin. This whole thing, but you know, Wisconsin when their quarterback got hurt, same thing. It's it's no different than Nebraska winning the next three games in that method, right? Like from yes. like internally, of course. I'm but if they be, win, I'm not going to be like, wow, what a what a great team. I'm going to say they overcame their offense and they were able to get ugly wins. But you know what? Nebraska is also in year one. They're not in year twenty something. Right. 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 No, I'm not. No, it's it's ridiculous. And their offense is I wish they would get paid. I mean, I wish they had a schedule that they would get burned for how bad that offense is. And maybe Nebraska can do it to them. I don't know. Maybe they can. That'd be great. But they've but they play nobody else. I looked at their schedule, Josh. There is a very non zero chance that they're coming into that game. They're gonna be ten and 10 one. Ten and one and on the outskirts of the top ten in the in the nation. I, I suppose they'll have the playoff poll by then, not the AP. So I don't know how that'll work out for them. But if you're ten and one, you're not going to be a whole lot lower than what fifteenth in the nation. I don't think. Uh, how do we feel about the game? I know we'll talk about it more on Saturday. But how how do we feel about Nebraska versus Northwestern? I just I feel like they should win. I mean, <laughs> I feel like they definitely should win. Um, I don't. Do you know. think it'll be? Do you think that it'll be stressful? Uh, kind of not. I'm I'm going to feel bad for saying that later. But I understand, and I I don't I haven't gone back and watched that Northwestern Minnesota game. That's the only thing that gives me pause, really, about what they've done this year, though. About Northwestern, yeah. like like they've shown in the first half against Penn State, I guess. I guess so, and I didn't see that either. You're right, that too. Um, but I also know after like the week after Minnesota, didn't Albany like, or no, not Albany. It was uh, Howard. Howard had a tight one with them. Um, and they just know. played in another close one this past weekend. Yeah, I don't know. I've got a hard. T- I got a hard time. I shouldn't. I should. I know I haven't earned to have this attitude. I mean, Nebraska. Goodness sakes, Josh. Nebraska's a double-digit favorite. When the heck I is know. It? that's the surprise? When honestly. is the last time Nebraska's been a double-digit favorite in a Big Ten game? In a conference game? Yeah. Do you think? Do you think they were against Indiana Ooh. last year? Probably not. Against Indiana, you know what? Actually, Jack, I'm gonna look it up. It it actually might be Nebraska versus Northwestern two years ago. I bet it's the. I think they were like a ten point favorite in that game. I'm gonna see if I can find the one where they killed them. The one where they just destroyed them. Yeah, like the last 2021. The last happy. The last win I've seen them. They were stadium. Jack, they what were they? Actually, you ready for you ready for this? They were twelve and a half point favorites last year versus Northwestern. Oh, in over Ireland. Oh crap! In Ireland, okay. Yeah. So, the, but the last time they were that big of a favorite Oops. and actually carried through, probably was Northwestern in 2021. Then you think they were 11 point favorites against them in 2021. And what is it at now? How about this, Jack? 11, 11 and For, a half? So Nebraska, in the last 10 years, Nebraska has only been a double digit favorite two times against them, and it was in the last two years. You go Jeez. all the way back to 2013. And they were not a double-digit favorite in any of those games. Were they double-digit favorites in uh, favorites in any other games besides those, like a, a Rutgers game or something over the Scott Frost era that you see, or an Indiana game? Like uh, I'm just trying see. to put in context this yeah. feeling of going to Memorial Stadium or watching the game on Saturday at home as a double-digit favorite. Coming All right, off, I'm a, looking at coming up, off a, a win. Okay, so <laughs> I get it. It's and not, you're saying you're saying conference games, right? So we're yeah, not talking about non-conference, non-conference games. I'm sure there were games where they were way big favored, but yeah. 
Okay. Well, this is going to be really depressing, and I don't know how I forgot about this one. The last time that Nebraska, outside of Northwestern, was a double-digit favorite against a conference team was in 2020 against Illinois when they were 16-and-a-half-point favorites at home, and they got reverse-covered and lost 41-23. to crap. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, they were also double digit favorites the year before against Illinois in Champaign, and they and they won that game by four. They did not cover the third. That was a crazy game. Yes, that was a. Yes, cra- it was. Were they double yes, digit favorites the against Min- when they all Minnesota all had COVID? They must not have been because no, that came so late. They were not. That came so late. I think that would, they were like a seven point favorite in that game. Was that Illinois game? All right, this is random questions I'm asking. Was that Illinois game? Yeah. Were they coming off a win in that game? Was that after Penn State? I can't remember the. I no, it was after. You, wait, are you talking about in 2020? 2020, 2021? COVID year. Was it coming off a win? I believe so. Because you know what? I, this is an embarrassing thing to admit. Um, I'm pretty sure I bet on Nebraska in that game, and they were. They came off the 30 to 23 win over okay. Penn State, and I bet I was on just them against Illinois. And I knew, I knew from the first play of the game that I was going to lose because Luke McCaffrey threw it backwards, and then Illinois got the football. Yep. Yep. Man, so they were bigger favorites in that than they are coming up. Wow! Yeah, yikes! Yeah, very wild. In retrospect, yeah, that was a bad line. That was a bad line in retrospect. Horrible line. Jeez, Vegas, Vegas, what are you, you thinking? Suck. It was what? COVID. We were all. We yeah, were all, that's COVID true. brain had affected all of us. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's hilarious. Because I was what I was wondering, Josh, is when the last time they've gone in as a double digit favorite off of a win in conference. That would have been it. It was a COVID year, so it kind of has an asterisk. But it's just a it's just baby steps in terms of like the feeling of momentum. Um, yes, that, that just, yeah, just hasn't it been just hasn't happened hasn't been an often. experience where there are teams where that it happens every damn week where you win and you go into the next week and you're a double digit favorite and the next week and the next week. So interesting. Correct. Yeah, even in like 2016, God. I don't really know if they were okay. I can keep scrolling back. Okay, let's see. All right, I'm going to show 30 games. Okay, so coming off of a conference, again, you're talking about conference wins where they were a double-digit favorite. Okay, actually, Jack, I think I might have found it, and I think they won. Let me make sure I got the games in the correct order. Uh, Nope, never mind. Okay, Okay. so it's not that one. I was thinking for a second the Rutgers-Illinois combo in 2017, but they were double-digit favorites against Rutgers, and that was before Illinois. Mm-hmm. They did win that Illinois game by 22. Okay. Uh, okay, so the answer is 2016. I figured it was going to be 2016. <laughs> 2016. They were double-digit favorites against Maryland, and that followed the Minnesota win, and they won 28-7. to They were okay. two touchdown favorites. There you go. Game. There you go. Yeah, You got to go That's back the to answer. either the COVID year, or if you want actual fans in the stands... 2016, unbelievable. 2016, when they were fit, and and the prompt again. If you're missing the prompt, the prompt was from Jack, where they are coming off of a conference win, which they are coming off of a conference win, and then they were a double digit favorite in 2016. They beat or they beat Minnesota, excuse me, 24 to 17. I was there, um, and then they played Maryland at home the following week in a very forgettable 28 to 7 victory that I'm pretty sure Riker Fife started. Um, oh man, I don't remember anything about. I don't think I'm okay. I remember it was the an eleven a.m. Game. game. I do remember the Minnesota game. I don't remember the Maryland game at all. Minnesota game. I snuck rum that was into a the stadium game, right? and I was, that was hammered. A, that was a night game. Yes, right? yes, I, I went to ripped. that game. Yeah, they played well yeah. that night. That Somebody recognized fun. me from my show, and they were like, "Hey, I love the show." I was like, "Yeah, thanks, man." And I was just drunk, trying not to <laughs> have too much of a conversation. Good times, crazy. Good well, times. it just gives gives you an idea what how. 
again, even though you're coming into three games that are not sexy on paper or anything like that, they have have a chance to be so weirdly unprecedented in the last decade of this program just by winning games you should win. That's it. Or winning games yeah. that are yeah. coin flips, however you want to put it. By doing that, that is yeah. a that will be an unprecedented stretch of success, Josh, if they get through mm-hmm. East Lansing. Hell, if they get the next two home games, it will be. I was going to say, Jack, if they can get to five, they, first of all, speaking of 2016, and as Ben reminds us, that's pre-Trump, Obama's president. That was so long ago. It was a long <laughs> was time a ago. Long. Think of everything that's happened since then. Yes. It's a long time. But, Jack, if they were to do what you just described, two more wins, that means a three-game winning streak. They have not won three games in a row since, in 2016, in the midst of that 7-0 and start, their last three games to win in that was Illinois at home, at Indiana, Purdue at home. That got them to 7-0 and before they lost to Wisconsin. That's how long it's been since they won three games in a row it's in a crazy. season. It's freaking it's three. Been a while, That's man. just three. And obviously, four, five, six will all be encompassed in that, that beginning of that season. But, man. Yeah. It's crazy. Just just to, like, I, I just wonder what it'll feel like. I, I know this got us into a and big And that's thing the last history week. that and Rule's like, kind of dealing with yeah. right now, right? It's just like this just stuff hasn't happened. I don't remember the Purdue win. Somebody sparked my mind. Again, with, in, with Riley in 2016, what would that have been? Yeah, I remember the Indiana one. I don't remember, I remember the, the Indiana Purdue one because right, right away, Stanley Morgan had a big touchdown right off the bat yes, against Indiana. Yes, big play. That. It was at Indiana, which I think the yeah. first time Nebraska had ever played. By the way, the, the Maryland game, Jack, was for some reason on ESPN News, and Dan Hawkins was the color analyst that day. <laughs> really? In 2016? This is? Yeah. Very yeah, odd. Maryland 2016. Yeah. I don't remember a damn thing about that game. Wow. No, I have no idea. Did, yeah. Wait, didn't very odd. Wait, I want to say, was that when? Uh, yeah. No, that wouldn't have been. I'm thinking of was that when Demorne Pearsonell still played? Wasn't that one of his last punt returns for a touchdown in that game or something? I want to say, I want to say DPE did something in that game. Did he still play in 16? Yeah, he would have been on the roster still. I feel like he did. He something. would have been. He only would have been a sophomore, or a junior. Excuse me, in that game though. I feel like no. Really? 16 was his last year. Yeah, his it? freshman year was 2014. Okay, 14, 15, 16. Oh, he got hurt in 15, too, at the Purdue. Yes, game. his yeah. knee blew up. I thought he he took back a punt or something in 16. I wondered if maybe it was his last one against Maryland that year. But anyway. You're thinking of uh, Oregon. He had a really nice return Oregon in the Oregon one. Game. I thought there was one in Maryland, too, for some reason. But oh, okay. I very much could be wrong. Mm. Whatever, whatever. Okay, well, uh, good conversation. We didn't even, my goodness, we didn't even touch the quarterback situation. Can you believe it? We finally know, after all this speculation, we finally know who the starter is, and we didn't even, it's just kind of, it's kind of ground into such like a tedious conversation, and it's now just obvious that there's not a ton to say about it, really. Like I'm not. No, yeah. I'm not, I mean, we can talk about it a little bit more on Saturday, but yeah, like you said, there's just really not a whole lot to discuss there. Yeah, like I'm not surprised. I'm not really like pissed. Uh, I kind of thought that's kind of the way it would go. I'm still interested in what they do with Sims. That's the other thing you'll realize if you watch those documentaries is Sims is still like Sims will still give like the pregame speech and stuff for the team. It's really interesting. 
Um, he seems still like we like super involved with everything, which I don't know. Maybe everybody does that, but it feels like if you lose your, your he's a captain, right? Or he's a single digit, right? But I could see other guys losing their position because of an injury and not being as. I don't know. He just seems happy all the time. Still excited. He's enjoying yeah, the process. Not yeah, because some guys would so, check out in that situation. So I still like there's a Josh. There's a. I mean, I'll tell you this. I want to see him again. I don't really know how, but I, wouldn't it be weird if that's his career at Nebraska? Is those seven quarters with one turnover each, and that's it? Wouldn't that yeah, be and bizarre? then the random game that he popped into when we were doing play. our watch party. You yeah, know, the one yeah, play. like he gets the one play. Helmet, Heinrich's helmet came off or something. Yeah, like. I can't imagine that's the book on his career here, is it? It could be, I guess. It's so bizarre. Yeah, Seven there's, quarters, a, there's a world where it is. All of, all of that buildup, all of the searching the transfer porters, portal for seven quarters and then going on the bench, it's insane. So, yeah. Yeah, and that like that's very much possible, especially if Harburg continues to play, you know, and, and continues to be as serviceable as he's been, you know, throughout the last handful of games. Yep, yeah. Should be fun. All right, I'll make sure and restart my server. Sorry about my internet, guys. I didn't even know it was bad. I thought we were good tonight, but I will uh, restart my server before we start on Saturday or my uh, uh, modem and stuff. So that usually helps a little bit if I do that. So Amigos really kicking themselves, right? <laughs> uh, that's should have done a hamburger. Should have, should have. All right, so we'll be back on Saturday. Uh, I've got. No, I can go right at nine thirty now. Volleyball season's over, so. If that works for you, we can just All right, on that. perfect. Yeah. Uh, junior high or middle school volleyball season is over. So I'm good at 930, and we will have a Husker game, and we'll have other games to get ready. It's a 230 game. Are you doing your? Uh, are you doing the show uh, to Saturday night? No, but I, I am uh, doing soccer, and I don't know when I'll get a chance to actually watch the game, so it'll be oh, a weird, no. a weird Saturday for I'm me. Having, I'm having people over to watch maybe the end of the football game and then the volleyball game, so that'll be fun on Saturday. Oh, nice. Yep. Awesome. Yep, absolutely. All right, cool. Well, we'll, uh, we'll see you guys Saturday morning at 930, um, and let's see, Patreon uh, message here. Yeah, it's a Wednesday. So, yeah, if you're not a member of the club yet and you would like to hear these live, you would like to be a part of the comments, the comments that are happening on the sides that we're interacting with, if you'd like to have a 24-7 community to talk Husker football and your other interests where we are uh, we are the vast, vast, vast majority of time, um, not jerks like you're going to see on social media, I think you'll enjoy it. So all you got to do is go to patreon.com slash i80club. There's a few choices for you there. If you want to do $3 a month, you can just get the podcast as soon as they come out. Hot off the presses, no waiting a few days. So you can do that. If you want to do five, uh, then you can get the the, uh, Discord membership at our membership level. You can get into that. If you want to bump up a little bit more, you can come to VIP. You can get our inside information channel and some other perks as well. You can find all that at I80 or excuse me, patreon.com slash I80 club. So there you go. All right. Join us, Josh. No, join us. Um, We got, you know, the, the last half of the football season should be a whole lot of fun. Basketball be here. I'd, you know, we we ha- I have lots of jokes about my love of or lack thereof of college hoops, but I would say that the uh, Nebraska ball community in here is is really really good. So if you're a diehard hoops fan too, I think that you would it's love this get place. Big. It's gonna be big. We may be adding some content. We'll see. We'll see. Mm. Eyes emoji. Mm. All right. We'll see y'all later, podcasters. Have a good one. Good night.